So in in preparing for today, I wasn't nervous really um, until this morning when Abby asked me where my shoes are. So <laughs> now I'm kind of uh, a little uh, um, nervous. Thank you, Abby, for that. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm like I can't really read from my computer, so that's cool. Um, so I just wanted to start by um, saying that we have to agree that Jesus is perfect theology, right? Can everybody agree with me with that? Jesus is perfect theology. So I kind of live my life with, okay, what would Jesus do? WWJD, you know, what would Jesus do? It's, it's very cool. It's super easy to remember. What would Jesus do? Copy what he did, right? Um, so, oh, it's back. Okay. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, the, the, the title of the sermon um, well, initially it was just supposed to be okay, it's okay. But then Carol said that wasn't okay. So I went with like, stop and go to the well. Um, if that makes sense. It'll make sense once I'm done. But um, that is the title of my message, stop and go to the well. And I just wanted to um, remind everybody that Jesus on earth lived with limitations, right? He, b- he was God, don't get me wrong, but he lived in those lim- limitations. He felt tempted he felt hungry he felt a lot of these things right but he lived in these limitations for a reason and that was to actually like give us an example of how to live our lives here on earth right you guys agree i am so happy like i was praying the whole couple of weeks because sunday was supposed to be rained out like today was supposed to be rained out and i'm a very very like i need some response from people you know so i love you glenda i love you because <laughs> Yeah, very responsive, so thank you guys for that. But I just wanted to start with that because Jesus lived with limitations even though he was God. As God, he had the capacity to do anything, but he chose it. He actually chose it to introduce to us um, and and just to model out what we need to, like, to model something that could actually be followed by us. You know, we we aim to be like Jesus, but uh, at the end of the day, we're human. You know, we're imperfect. And so I'm going to, well, I've already started, but I'm going to continue with the story from my life from last year and going to give you guys a little bit of an inside inside view as to what it was like during COVID, leading the worship uh, ministry over here and just the journey. Um, And I want to be very vulnerable with y'all as to what actually happened. Some of the worship team knows, some of them don't, you know, I... I'm just, I'm going to highlight people. I might even just like pinpoint. So don't get embarrassed. It's all good stuff. So um, I love y'all. But yeah, I just wanted to say that he was, Jesus just set the standard, you know, and what would Jesus do? I think it's so important to just follow that, like actually follow that. So um, yeah, uh, and so story time, okay? Uh, Yeah, uh, last year uh, when COVID first started, the onset, so it was March, and we were great. We were like having so much fun in Dolphin. You know, we kind of knew our setup. We knew what to do. We had bi- a big team. We had over like 26 people on the worship team rotating every week. You know, it was amazing. We had three, three worship leaders, four worship leaders or something like that. And in a moment's notice, we had to stop. We had to go into um, like and do online. Okay. And we had some sort of online presence. It wasn't great at all. Okay, it was not great. Like, sound was, like, all over the place, Jensen. Thank you so much. <laughs> but sound, like, in a good way. Like, he stepped in. And I'll, I'll highlight. But um, sound was all over the place. We didn't know anything about, like, 
what it should look like, how this is the only way we can actually reach people right now. You know, what, so that was where, what we stepped into doing online. And the first service was great. We had 20 people in there, you know, and the next, in the next three days, we found out that we could only operate with five people in the room. You know, our worship team was 10 people in there. We had three on camera. We had two on sound. So many people. And we had to shrink to a skeleton team. You know, and um, essentially, James and I, we spoke and we, we, we talked about how we could do this. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to actually look at other churches and see how they were doing it. And kind of almost not talk with God or not consult God, but... Essentially, okay, I see this church looks really nice. You know, they've got all creatives and stuff like that. You know, I'm going to try and do it. So I actually started doing stuff like that, where my job was just to lead worship. That's all I knew. You know, I'm a, I'm a kind of technical guy, but, you know, that's all I knew, like um, leading worship. But then I stepped into this role of, because we were five people, I stepped into a role of um, figuring out how we do sound, figuring out um, what works for camera, like how we get lyrics on screen, you know, so all of these things. And the lie that I was telling myself was, this is for the glory of God, this is for church. And yes, it was for the glory of God. It is for the glory of God. But I actually took God out of the whole equation, even though I was doing church work. You know, I, I took God out of it all and kind of started just pushing myself, putting all this pressure on me to be able to, to, to almost perform and, and, you know, give that. So it was fine. For, you, you can do it for a couple of months, three months, you know. And, uh, but when you have a nine-to-five job, this, and you're working essentially like 20, 21 hours together, it kind of takes a strain. And you, ask, you, ask, you might ask me the question, where was God in all of this? Where's your time with God in all of this? And to be honest with you guys, there was none. There was absolutely none because I was fooling myself to think that I was doing this for God, you know, but the time with being, for being with God wasn't there, you know? So um, it's so important to realize that um, Everything you do, whether you're in the workforce, whether you are in, um, in ministry, whether you're doing it, like I do it both, you know, so I'm, I'm in the workforce and I do this, uh, this ministry bit. It's important to be with God before you actually do anything, you know, and it could be for him, it could be not, but God says in everything you do, do it for his glory, bring him into every single thing that you do. So if that being with him isn't there, you know, whatever you do comes from a place of dryness because there's nothing inside. There's nothing inside. You, you, you need to spend time with God to actually be fruitful and do what He wants to do through you. You know, it can't be something that, okay, I think that the church, uh, the, the video needs to look like this. I'm going to do this. You know, I didn't hear that from God. I saw other, other like, yeah. you know, <laughs> videos, and that's what I thought. That's what I thought to do. I did it in my own strength. And people who suffer with burnout, oh, I, I kind of like uh, went ahead there, sorry. But like people who suffer from burnout do it over and over again. It's a cycle. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about what happened after that. Um, yeah. And there are a couple of notes here just on that testimony where I wanted to be like super candid with y'all and just say that, yeah, even, 
even when we'd come back to, to here and we'd record worship sets, God moved in there, but I couldn't feel anything. The only time I actually worshiped was during those sets. You know, was was maybe like five minutes before we'd sit together, okay, what songs are we doing? You know, there was I was so tired of leading a team. I was emotionally so drained because I put all of these extra pressures on me when I forgot that leading, leading worship was actually what I was supposed to do. What, what is my calling? You know, it's the ministry that I operate really well in. You know, and, and I took on all of these things, no pressure from any of the leadership. Team. It was on me. You know, I self-put pressure. That's what we do t- uh, typically. We put all these pressures on ourselves, you know, the, based on earthly wisdom where, um, okay, I am young. I'm going to be driven. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to do this, 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 this. I need to get to this place in the next two years. You know, that's what happened. And you, and what I want to say is that God also calls us sometimes to, to, to times, he, uh, times of assignment, you know, where um, maybe those times are required where you're kind of busy, but he's the one who gives you the capacity to do it. So if you don't spend time with him, there is no capacity to do that, you know, in, in, during those times of assignment. So that being with him is super important. So why I say stop and go to the well because I want to read a couple of verses here. Um, it's very familiar. And if you're new to, to, the, to, to the church or if you're a new Christian, you're going to hear this so many times. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want to read from uh, John 4, 4. Um, and essentially, it's, it's Jesus' um, like trip to Samaria, like through Samaria, rather. Um, and uh, he stops... And uh, he stops and he has this chat with a Samaritan woman. Uh, I'm just going to read it real quick. Okay, John 4, 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, I think, uh, near the plot plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Okay, so I'm going to stop there for a second and kind of just break down what happened in that verse 6. The second part of that verse 6, Jesus, tired as he was from that journey, sat down by the well. Um, So first, Jesus got tired. You know, he got tired. And take that in. Like, you know, he, he got tired. We get tired not just physically, but emotionally, you know, and, and the whole COVID season was supposed to slow things down so that we could actually spend more time with God. But then we found ourselves to be in a place like I found myself, sorry, sorry. I found my place, uh, myself to be in a place of go, go, go. My workload increased like 150%, which is so weird because everybody else is like, oh, I love the season. Like I know Enoch, my brother, he's like, it, it sucks for every, like, you know, you're staying safe. And it was a quiet time for him because he was relaxed. You know, it, it's like he's laughing there, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's relaxed. But um, for me, it, it, it was this, the pressures that I put on myself. So the point I'm trying to make is Jesus was tired. It's actually okay to be tired. It's okay to be drained sometimes. It's okay to make that mistake you know, of not bringing him in or not, cut, not doing stuff from a place of overflow. Um, 
yeah, I just want to sit there for a second and, yeah, just say that it's okay. And that was supposed to be the title, it's okay, but <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, yeah, it's just okay to stop. It's okay to just sit down. It's okay to get tired. It's not something we beat up ourselves about, you know, that, no, I'm good. And a lot of Christians, they actually, they, they lie to themselves, you know? They lie to themselves. I'm, I'm, it, it, other people ask, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I can keep, like, James and Lee, they're amazing. They kept checking in on me every couple of weeks. But I was lying to myself. I was lying to them. I was like, are you, Josh, are you, you yeah, you good? Switch it. It's okay. <laughs> Jensen, it's okay. <laughs> it's not his fault. It's my beard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, where was I? Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, thank you, yeah. I was lying to them, you know, and, and we do this a lot because we have, especially people in, um, maybe in the limelight, I want to say, I was leading worship, you know, I'm supposed to put on a strong front. I'm supposed to tell people that it's okay. That's what I thought, you know, but um, this is a message that I was actually preaching to myself this week, you know, <laughs> just, just reliving that, those times, trying to understand that I'm not fully there yet. You know, so I don't even know if there's an end to this testimony. I just started writing and here we are. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's one point. Jesus sat down. He was tired. Okay. Now the next point, he sat down by a well. So now this is key here. When you're tired, where do you go? Where do you go? Um, you know, and it, the, the boys that go camping with me, they know that if I'm tired, I'll just lie down anywhere. Yeah, I'll just fall down. That is very like not wise. Um, and Jesus is showing that he was strategic in where he went. He was actually strategic. He knew that sitting by a well, like maybe going a couple of extra minutes, sitting by a, finding a well and sitting by it, was going to bring him more refreshment and res- restoration than actually just lying down somewhere. You know, he didn't quit in that spot. Like maybe, like the point I'm making is keep going. Like he's calling you to something, but you have to find that well. You have to go to it. Okay, I'm going to tie it in now. Um, he's, he, he sat down by that well, and I want to continue with the verse here. Um, John 4, verse 7. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Now Jesus is asking the woman for a drink. Okay, the point here is that it's okay to get tired, find a well, you know, and I'll talk about what the well is. You guys already know, but I'll talk about it. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. You know, and here's where I want to tie in community. Um, and, and being surrounded by, by people, surrounding yourself by godly people that, that you don't need to lie to. You know, that you don't need to put on a strong front. It doesn't have to be the whole church. It could be just one or two people. But surrounding yourself with a strong community is so important to actually get, like, the community just brings him in, even when, you see, when, when he seems far away. Through them is what, how, how you feel God. Like, we've all been there where we've felt like God, I just don't know what to say. I, I don't know what my prayer should be. 
But if you're surrounded by godly people, they'll pray for you. They'll pray with you. They will lift your arms up. You know, so in my testimony here, James and Lee knew I was lying. <laughs> I'm terrible at lying. But James and Lee knew. And um, Lee immediately, and for those of you guys that don't know, Lee's an anointed, amazing worship leader. Like, she is absolutely amazing. She texted me personally and said, Josh, whatever you're going through, it's okay. You know, it's okay. I want to stand by you and lift your arms as you lead the team. So immediately there, I, I, I was stubborn. There was a lot of pride in me to ask for help. So the point is, when you surround yourself with community, even if you're too proud to ask, your, 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 your friends there will come and lift you up to, and get you to a point where you can ask. Oh, I sweat a lot, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, do you guys agree? Am I making sense? Do you guys agree with me? Yeah, surrounding yourself with godly people so that they can lift your arms when you're too tired to do it. Um, yeah, and it's okay to ask for help because here Jesus is super powerful, but he asks this Samaritan woman. And back then there was like this huge rift between the Jews and the Samaritans, right? They weren't even supposed to talk, let alone share a drink you know, together. And she goes on to say in the passage, she goes on to say, what, you're asking me for a drink? Like, really? So Jesus is actually breaking all sorts of stigmas here where, um, you know, the, me being in a place of like, like one of the leaders of church, you know, asking for help. He broke that stigma where Jesus is actually saying, could I get a drink? He was asking something of that lady what, of what she had, and she, all she had was like, a, like one of those, those bucket things, you know? you know? And that's what he was asking. It's out of her resources. And she, the, the purpose of asking was for her to be blessed. So even in the giving and receiving from a, from a community, it doesn't, the receiver isn't the only person getting blessed. How many have given whatever time to somebody who needed it and felt good after? How many felt bad after? Did anyone feel bad after? No, not really, right? Both parties are getting blessed, you know? So there's no, there's no shame in asking for help. That was something I learned, and I'm still learning. You know, I, I, I'm a little stubborn. I want to figure things out on my own. But um, Enoch and me have been trying to ask each other for help. Yeah, even though it's a given, he's my brother, but we've been asking each other for help, which is, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's awesome to ask for help. So yeah, just, I was trying to figure out everything for the online production. I was too proud to ask for help. And what that led to was even a loss of my identity. I struggled with, okay, I'm doing all of these things. I'm helping all of these people in this church. This is for God. But where was God in all of that? Like there, God wasn't the focus or the center of any of that. You know, I, I, was, I was lying to myself. And when... When I, when I wasn't feeling anything during worship sets, I would just tell myself, yeah, God can use a donkey. It's fine, you know? And maybe he did, but that's not how it's supposed to be. That is not how it's supposed to be. Jesus constantly thought, that he taught about going to him 
going, like going to God whenever you're tired. And he showed it. He actually showed it in what he did. Like I started, he's perfect theology, do what he did. He, he constantly removed himself from crowded places to go into isolation. I hate that word. But isolation with the Father. Right? He spoke to thousands of people. And after all of that, he still needed to go and be with the Father to get, to, to receive. You know? Um, and I just want to go back to that passage after all of those things, they have a bit of conversation and later on they talk about worship. I will not go down that road, I promise, because we do not have time. But um, what I want to highlight there is that he says, take a drink of me. Take, take, what, take what I give. Drink what I give. And out of you will flow springs of everlasting life. Like That is key there. Like, Take a drink of him. Sit with him. Be with him. That being needs to be there for, it to, for, for, for life to be there. We can only give what we have. If you think about it, we can only give what we have. If we're dry on the inside, there is nothing to give. Exactly. There is nothing to give. You're, you're working in your own strength. You think, okay, I need, to, I need to be able to hear this guy's problems out. Okay, so my fiance, you're amazing. She uh, works in social work, and um, she works with troubled teens and um, does, just does amazing. Um, and I've seen when her goal, like, seven days a week of counseling kids that are on the brink of, like, suicide, cutting themselves, thinking about, like, you know, killing other kids. Yeah, it's crazy. It takes a lot emotionally out of you. And if there is no time that you're spending with God, what can you give to these kids? Right? Isn't that important? What can you give if there is nothing inside? If you're dry, you give out dryness. Yeah, there is no life in what you say because God isn't in it. Right? Does that make sense? Awesome. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love you, Glenda. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Jesus taught that we should come to him to receive rest. Jesus lived by this constantly. Like he, he withdrew to the Father. Like I've just talked about, we're supposed to do the same. Because he cared about us. He made us with our emotions the way we feel. He, made it, he knows we get tired. And he literally says, come to me. So I want to I wanna just talk about how we can break that cycle and how I'm still learning. And, and the t- like I said, the testimony isn't over. I'm still learning. You know, I'm still learning. But I think um, now there's more a response. There's like, okay, I'm tired. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to ask people for help. How that ended, how we got to where we, were, we are right now is me literally saying, I, I can't do, I, I think I can only lead worship. That's what I said. Jansen came on board. You know, he was always on board, but he took the reins. Like, he took all tech issues from me. And, and his heart is so amazing. How many of you know Jansen's amazing worship leader? Yeah. An amazing musician. He is one guy that I can, can actually play by ear any song. He, he supports me really well, and he can lead. But he chose to sit behind the camera to actually deal with all the technical stuff because he knew how bogged down I was with all of that. Kirill being so amazing, stepped on the cameras. Like, and, and he's taken 
all of production to a different level. This is something that I couldn't have done by myself at all. And that's what I was trying to do. You know, it's, it's breaking that pride of actually asking for help. And I don't think I even asked for help. Thank you, Jansen. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Like, they just stepped in. That's what I'm talking about. Community is so important. It's so important where you're, you're surrounded by those couple of guys, the girls or families, and it's so important to, to lift you up when, when, it's, when, when, when you're just not doing well. You know, and, and that's so amazing. So um, I want to read from uh, Matthew 11. Uh, it's Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Once again, a verse that you guys will hear for the rest of your lives again and again. But um, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30 to 30. Um, it, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'm going to say that again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Now this part is key. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I want to I touch on that just a little bit before I end. Um, and this is my first time preaching. And when I was a kid, when, um, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, whenever the, the preacher would say in, in closing, I would be like, oh, yes, 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 you know. <laughs> but then he'd go on for like 10, 15 minutes and then we, <sighs> come on, come on. So I promise, I I'll try to promise I won't do that, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, so, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here's the thing. He's literally wrote it down for us. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. You're tired. Go to Him. Because He's that well of living water, you know? And like I've said, it, it needs to just take a sip and know that He's good. You know, there's life in Him. There is life in in him so when you take that sip whatever you've you've taken from like you know whatever he's given to you comes out in in your um in your experiences in your um the people in the people that you influence in every single situation and i just want to like talk about what that looks like, what, what does taking a sip from him looks like, and what that looks like for me and, and, and being in the workforce, right? I can talk about ministry all day, but the, for, for the majority of us, we're actually in the workforce and what that looks like. Um, so my nine to five is typical, like Enoch knows this because we work in the same company, do the same job. And uh, he, um, we talk to clients a lot. We have meetings and we, we do implementations. For me, what that looks like is before every meeting, I take two minutes, especially if a client is irritated, like especially. But um, I take two minutes to quiet myself, not even sing, not say anything, but quiet myself so that I can align myself with what God wants to do through me. You know, I make him the center of that meeting. I make him the center of my world in that moment. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be 24-7, but we do get distracted. We get distracted. But here's what it looks like, and this is a journey for me. I'm still learning how to do this well. But right now, it looks like two minutes before my meeting, I will just sit and be quiet because that's what I know to do. 
And like I talked about earlier, if you don't know what to pray, sit quiet with him. Sit quiet with him. Because a lot of times when we're praying, we're, we're talking these things in our language. It's coming from our mind, you know, and it, it's a lot of self in there. There's a lot of self-will. Oh, God, I want you to do this for me. I want you to, to be able to move this meeting in the direction that I want, where I want it to go. Instead of that, quiet yourself, you know, pray in the spirit, which is so important. And if, if, you, have, if you don't have that gift yet, that's okay. Ask him for that gift. You know, ask him for that gift. But if you don't have it yet, sit quiet with him. Make him the center. Acknowledge him in that moment. Just say, God, you're here right now. That's it. You know, that's when you actually align yourself to what he wants to do through you. If that makes sense. You know, it, 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 I think that's so key where we, we, we have to get out of God's way. We have to get out of God's way because you're literally standing in the way, God, I want this, I want this, I want this. Like when you just need to stop, align with him. Just align with him because he wants to do so many things in and through you. And we're going to be called through seasons of lack. We're going to be called through seasons of assignment and we're going to be called through seasons of prosperity. But the key here is never losing sight of Jesus. It's never losing sight of living water. I'm going to read that last verse again. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yoke is always like a, a ne- for me, it's always a negative term. You know, growing up back in India, they'd say, don't get unequally yoked. Don't date, and which is true, don't date an unbeliever. Just, you know? <laughs> but it comes with such a, such a negative connotation. But here, what he's saying, yoke, take his yoke upon you. And the way I like to think of it is, Attach yourself to Jesus. Go where he goes. Right? But what that takes is proximity. It can't be on a Sunday. It can't just be on a Sunday where, okay, God, I'm going to take your yoke on me. All right. And, uh, all right, service is done. I'm going to say bye to everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. You know? It can't be that way because it takes proximity. This is how we break the cycle of actually overextending ourselves. Knowing when to say No. You know, we want, as Christians, we want to help. But it's going to, sometimes we find ourselves overextended doing things that we could do, but not setting a place for God in them. So it's, taking his yoke is to be directed by him every day, every moment of your life. How do you do that? Um, it's hard if you're not in love with Jesus. It's hard. Oh, I still have this mic. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's actually hard. Like Everybody here um, has experienced being in love with him, being out of love, falling out of love, you know? Um, but it's, it's so weird how it's proportional. Um, like it's so, uh, I'm losing, I, I don't know. Anyway, but what I'm trying to say is you fall in love with someone by spending time with them, right? When you spend time you somehow fall in love. So if you find yourself today in a place of being out of love with Jesus, where you're just not okay with him, and you, you feel like you can't go to him, stop. Go to the well. 
And what that means is stop and just be with him. Just be with him. Spend time. You don't have to say a single thing. It, it should even come from a place of God. If you want to speak to me, speak to me. But I just want to sit here with you, spend time with you, fall in love with you again. Because out of that place comes life. And I've been in that place where I've fallen out of love with God so many times. I've led from a place of muscle memory because I know what songs work the congregation. I know what songs, you know, all of that. You know, it's, it's even thinking of stuff like that. Is that my cue? <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, I was actually closing. I was actually closing. I promise. I was, I was closing. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Aaron, that song was amazing today. Thank you so much for teaching us that song. Oh, my goodness. I love it. But yeah, real quickly, I just want to, even that being with him, um, my mom used to, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> my mom used to go on prayer walks with God. Like she would, she'd look like a crazy lady because she'd only speak in tugs when she was on that walk, you know, just talking to herself. But it was so amazing. That's how her well was filled. Enoch does the same thing. Kind of, sort of. You know, he goes on prayer walks. Um, Mama Chi, this, I've never told her about this, but like Margaret, whenever she's cooking, she's singing worship songs. You know, that's her time. And definitely it's, it's, it might, uh, and she has like other times for sure, but that is bringing God into our everyday activities. You know, it's, it's the perfect examples of being in the workforce, being in ministry, doing things. But giving that time, bringing God into every single thing that we do, even the two minutes just to align is going to bring so much more fruit than you could have done on your own. Yeah, so that yoke is essentially just taking on his yoke is surrendering, surrendering our plans, our ambitions, our agendas to God so we get out, the, get out of the way so he can actually take us to where he wants us to be. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to end here. Promise. Okay. That, like, Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the only one who can bring restoration. Right? I just want to end there. He's the only one. We need to go to him. We need to stop and go to that well. So I just want to end with a declaration. If you guys can, you, you all have been amazing. Can, can we like, um, sh- like shout a little bit? I'm going to like say something. Y'all repeat. Is that cool? A couple of times? Yeah? Awesome. My name is Joshua for a reason. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love to scream. Um, so the declaration is this. So just repeat after me, okay? Thank you, Jesus, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Let's say it again. Thank you, Jesus, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. One last time, okay? I love threes. <laughs> With everything we have. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. God, we just want to thank you in this place, Lord. I thank you for every single person here, God. I thank you that you are moving in here. And God, that those of us that need rest will find it in you, God, during this week that we might set aside time to just be with you, Lord, to just be with you. And we love you so much in this place, God. Come encounter us. Come encounter us. 
Not just today, not on a Sunday, but every day of the week, every minute of every day, God, we want a fresh encounter. We want fresh fire, God, a love for you that burns so strong that there's always living water inside of us. That every single person that we come in contact with drinks that water, God, that you give us so it can spring from us. God, we we surrender everything to you, all our plans, all our ambitions. We give them up to your hands, God. We choose to worship you through the worry. We ask you for direction, God. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said? All right. Thank you.